Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 350. Sometimes you'll go on a cruise and something happens during the cruise that becomes an instant family memory. The kind of incident that immediately brings a smile to your face as you begin retelling it. And this week's cruise story is all about Paul's day in St. Thomas on Freedom of the Seas, where a bad back turned into a really good day. Here we go. Continuing our cruise stories this week is an absolute favorite of mine. This story is something I had heard from friends, mutual friends, I should say, but I've never actually heard it from the horse's mouth. And I got to say, this is a great one. I'm not, I don't want to pump this up too much, but joining me on this week's episode is Paul Crow. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hi, how's it going, Matt? Outstanding. Glad to have you here, Paul. It's I can't believe I, I've known you for so long. And uh, this, I think, is your first time on the podcast. Uh, probably is. Wow. Well, first time for probably. everything. But um, I'm going to say that this story, I heard this story on a now defunct Royal Caribbean podcast, the Crowncast podcast. And this story is something, Paul, that every time we go to this particular island that we're going to be talking about, my wife will bring up in passing Oh, something, some joke along the lines of referring to you and the establishment that you visited. But I can't wait to share not only this, but I get to hear it from you because I've never actually heard you tell the story. Oh, gosh. Now I, now I can dispel all of the vicious rumors. <laughs> so we're going back to what year was this like? Oh, three. Oh, no, no, no. It was it, this was. Uh, Eight. 2010. Ten. OK. Yes, it was. This was 2010. Uh, it was on Freedom of the Seas. Um, the uh, the podcast that you mentioned, Crowncast, that was done by a couple uh, in upstate New York, Jamie and Veronica. Great people. I still keep in contact with them. Um, uh, she was a runner, and my ex-wife was a runner. And there was another couple out in California, Bob and Tina. Bob was a runner. And it, it, there was just so many coincidences about it. There was a runner within each group. And each group was a pair of IT people and dental people. So because my wife was a dental assistant. Veronica was a hygienist. Bob in California was a um, rep for a dental supply company anyway anyway um we had all decided to meet in orlando that year and they were going to do the uh disney run well this was the year before the half marathon at walt disney world and it, it went great everything was you know wonderful and then fast forward uh to the next year they wanted to go again and uh, i was solo this time this is about the time I started started life over, so to speak. Anyway, um, we were on Freedom of the Seas again, and I out had of Port Canaveral, right? Out of Port Canaveral, yes. Yep. That's why Freedom is still my most sailed ship. She was here for so long. But I, uh, I was walking down the stairs, one of the main staircases on Freedom, one day, and. I guess I kicked my leg out too far or something and my heels slipped off the stairs and I went straight down 
onto the stair and it hurt. (laughs) I didn't know if I broke something or what, but it hurt. Now the next day we were going to be in St. Thomas and we had a tour plan and I just didn't think I was going to make it. So I didn't, I just said, look guys, I can't, do this. I'm going to hang around close to the ship. I do need to stand up and walk a little bit because it actually feels good if I'm standing for a while. So I waved goodbye. They took off and I just, you know, walked off the ship. Now this was back when, uh, Royal Caribbean used the, uh, East India company docks. Um, having sight. Yeah. Yeah. And you, um, when you slipped on the stairs, sorry to back you up for a second. You hurt your back, is that right? Yes, I came straight down on my tailbone. Okay, and, and then did hurt. you? Yeah, I, I've I've thrown my back out a couple of times. Did you throw it out, or you just it was like a bruise, like um, you know, like I mean, you literally you fell. So was it which what was like a muscle pull, or was it the the impact that really did it? I think it was the impact. Um, okay. To be honest, I kept trying to twist sideways and stuff. It felt all night. I'm trying to sleep and I'm just thinking, you know, if I could get my back to pop, it would be so much better. And I just couldn't do it. So I walked off the ship very slowly and I, you know, walk out the gate and there's that uh, Heaven's Sight Mall right there. And I was walking around back and forth, got out onto the main road and I walked past the, you know, the tramway office. And there was a, an establishment there. And it was just about the time I really needed something to drink. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Okay. Imagine that. (laughs) That establishment was Hooters. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go in. And I, I found a, a, a table over to one side that had the tall bar stools at the table. If, And if anyone listening is familiar with Hooters, quite a few of them have those. And I picked that because it kind of made me sit up straight and it felt good. Well, I ordered and I got some, well, yes, I'll admit I did my bad habit. I'm addicted to their fried pickles, but, uh, (laughs) those are good. Yes, they are. I got those and, um, sat there for a while and I was just over by myself and the, the waitress, she was a British expat, came over and was talking to me, and she said, are you okay? And I said, well, I hurt my back yesterday. She said, oh, no, that's terrible. Of course, they're being nice and friendly, you know. And I told her what happened. <laughs> All right, here's here's where it gets interesting. Um, <laughs> she said, I think I've got a cure for that. I said, oh, really? Yeah. She says, no, I'm serious. Follow me. She grabbed my wrist and drug me along. <laughs> she took me into the back room. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. stop, 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 stop. <laughs> um, can you describe this, uh, this worker at this establishment that I'm not sure people are very familiar with? It was Hooters. Is that right? Hooters? This was Hooters, yeah. Hooters, yeah. So if you could describe this lit young lady, how would you describe – was she tall, short? Um, was she young, old? Oh, she was probably 
early 20s. Okay. Um, Brunette? Blonde, British. Okay. And, she, and she wants to take you into the back room. Is that are we Are we up to yes. speed now? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Just, okay. Back, you, back room of Hooters. All right. You're, you're hearing it correctly. All right. As one does. <laughs> Continue. So anyway, we go back there and they've got this. Actually, it's a coat rack. They use it as a coat rack. And you've probably seen coat racks like this. It basically, it looks like a bunch of cast iron water pipe. All the pieces screwed together and the elbows. And, you know, it was a coat rack. And she slid everything to both sides and she said, all right, I want you to hold on to it like you were going to do a pull-up or something, but turn your hands around. Says, all right. She says, now just relax and hang all of your weight from that. Now, when I did that, it put my butt about six inches off the ground, I guess. That's how you know, the, the height of the thing. Mm-hmm. He said, just hang there with your feet straight out in front of you and your feet together. It's all right. Why am I doing this? She came around in front of me and stood over me, one leg on either side, <laughs> facing me and sat down on my lap. And that, that meant we were face to face and she wrapped her arms around my neck and she said, all right, now don't let go of the bar. And she bounced a few times on my lap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if I hadn't heard the story before, I wouldn't believe this is true, but please continue. <laughs> <laughs> my back popped. I bet it did. Loud enough that I could hear it and it scared me, but it felt wonderful when it popped. I felt a hundred times better when my back popped, but that's how she popped my back. <laughs> and who says customer service is dead? I mean, come on. That's the kind of personalized service one can expect on, oh, on a Caribbean island. The, the tourism industry in St. Thomas was doing it right. Yep. I, I'll say so. I, I, uh... <laughs> I, yeah. Now, <laughs> you know, I went, went, I, How do you top that? Seriously, my back felt wonderful. I did leave a very generous tip. Well, I bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I went now, back to the ship and, uh, you know, everybody well, got they back. Said, they said, so I heard the story again from the other people, and the, I believe the description when they saw you back on Freedom was you had a smile on your face that was like a uh, like a Cheshire cat kind of smile, a grin on your face from ear to ear. You were feeling well, good after probably, that. That probably came from the fact that when everybody got back, they said, how you feeling? I said, actually, I'm feeling a lot better. And they said, really good. Okay. You walk around and stuff. I said, yeah. And I kind of alluded to uh, Jamie and Bob that I'll I'll talk to them. I'll tell them. And so, of course, Veronica and Tina wanted to know why, what's going on, what won't you tell us? And that's when I started grinning. <laughs> so I told Bob and Jamie, they thought it was absolutely hilarious, but of course they couldn't keep a secret and they told on me. So the whole rest of the week, I got all sorts of grief about it. 
I still think you came out ahead on that one, so I'm not too yeah, worried about that. No, I did. I'm not complaining. <laughs> that, uh, but that was, see, you know, we were only planning on telling that story. It's a fantastic story. It is, and by the way, that your rendition of it, your recollection of it was, I think, pretty much what I had heard. Although I don't think they had quite the details that you had about the, I, I always imagined that she put her arms around your back and like held on to you. But I didn't realize no. it was face to face, and it was like we were yeah. nose to nose. I mean, and, all right, let's face it; that doesn't happen to a guy like me. Was she? Yeah. Uh, was she? Was she going to school for like for for medicine, like chiropractors or something like that? Was that why she knew this? I have no idea. <laughs> didn't question it. Go in the back. You want to come in the back room, sir? Yes, I do. I wasn't okay. asking questions at this point. I was doing exactly what I was told. Yep. Now this is so, also the same cruise. Where the incident at Amaho Beach occurred, right? Am I am I right on that one? Oh, good lord! I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this was this was this, you like said, Paul. St. Thomas was what day two, right? Day three, something uh, like that. I uh, like day three or something. We left Port Canaveral. See, the, it was our first stop. Right. I don't remember one or two sea days before it. I'd have to look. And the next day was uh, St. Martin, and we all went to Maho Beach. And we ended up right near the edge of where uh, we, had, uh, we had booked a tour with the, with a guy. I don't remember his name. It was pretty you know, popular back then. And where he dropped us at Maho was really close to the edge of where the nude beach started. We should we should back this up for a second. If you don't know, Maho Beach is the beach in Saint Martin. Not, where not Maho, not Maho. Oh, not you're Maho. Talking about you're talking about yes. I was talking about the I was talking about the um, <laughs> the lady the in question. Dress. The yellow dress. Yep, the yellow dress. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're all in Maho Beach. Maho Beach is where all the airplanes land. And uh, we were hanging out there having a great time. And all of a sudden, everyone started noticing this young lady. I swear she, I'm 6'1", and I think she was probably pretty close to six foot. Um, walking down the road, just the tiniest little yellow sundress you've ever seen in your life. And... Uh, she was drawing a lot of attention and she walked all the way across the, you know, the, the strip in between the sides where the planes land. And then she came mm -hmm. over to our side and she sat at the bar and was drawing all kinds of attention there and stuff. And our guide told us she does this every day that there's ships in town. Apparently on the North side of the runway, there is a gentleman's club. Hmm. And she works there and she comes down or back then would come down every day, put on her little show and drag some of the younger crowd back up to her place of business. <laughs> <laughs> and there was something interesting about the dress, as I recall, besides the fact that it was skimpy. It was I, I seem to recall there was something about you guys were checking your cameras because like I think the 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 front of the dress was fairly normal, but with like the back was missing something or something to that effect. Like yeah, most there of was, the back was gone. Most of was the gone. back was yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
it, it was most of the back was gone to the point where you could tell her undergarments were yellow too, just like the dress. <laughs> so, and if you hadn't, if you've never been in the Caribbean before, that probably would sound surprising, but it's actually not that surprising, especially not in St. Martin. I mean, um, you know, that, that kind of is the, I don't say the norm by any means, but it's not unusual to hear of things like that. But that was just like, you know, this is the same sailing with the, the Hooters lady, this. And then what was the other story you were going to tell? Because I didn't even know which one, where you were going with that other story. That was on the other side of the island on St. St. Martin. He had dropped us off over there at... Um, what do you call it? Orion Beach. Yep. On the other side, on the French side, and they have a nude beach there. And we were going to stay there for a couple of hours. And we were real close to where the nude side started. But it wasn't a problem. There wasn't, you know, anything, anybody or anything. Everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, the sock guy walked by. This guy was probably 80 years old and probably weighed about 80 pounds. And all he was wearing was what I call a sock with a drawstring. <laughs> He's just walking down the beach. So <laughs> this whole trip was interesting, to say the least. Yeah, it's quite a cruise you had there. And then after that, you started cruising the Ron Hiller. So it's... uh. A uh, whole different experience uh, with yes. that one. Yes, that's a whole different experience. That's but a... just anytime, anytime anyone, getting back to the original thing, anytime anyone mentions chiropractic services in St. Thomas, that's what we're talking about. Any Anytime we go by any Hooters, anywhere, here in the U.S., anywhere we go, instantly, <laughs> Paul, we think of you. There's almost always a joke. Like, should we call Paul? Do you think Paul's been to this one? Does Paul know the staff who works here? <laughs> if I said Paul's name, will I get special service? <laughs> oh, Lord. It's, yeah, it's great it's, stuff. I'll never live that one down. But you know what? I don't mind. <laughs> it, was a good, it, but, was a good it was a good day. It was a good day. You know what? Those are the kind of stories that when you talk about going on a cruise, you know, not everything is to that level, but there's, I feel like when you go on a cruise, Paul, and I'm sure you you have a number of them, other stories as well from other sailings, where there's always like something that happens, something that like, almost like the de facto memory or the story, and you kind of have these little uh, um, Rolodex of stories in your mind, and they're all related to different sailings. Like, oh, we, you know, this one was, the stories you just told us was Freedom of the Seas, and you've got stories from, you know, Jewel of the Seas, yeah. and I'm sure you have stories from, you know, Harmony of the Seas, and, and so forth and so on, and that's kind of the fun thing about it, and sometimes it's it's just good-natured fun, like, you know, good ribbing at, at Paul's oh, yeah. expense here, and other times it's, you know, it's it's your grandkids, it's it's your friends you're sailing with, it's, um, you know, there, there's, that's what makes cruising so fun, I think. Oh, it is, absolutely is. You know, there's, the, and you're right, there are so many of them over the years, like, uh, having a french fry fight throwing french fries at each other at close to midnight with the Osmond brothers in Alaska <laughs> um, how many times do you get to do that <laughs> but, right but yeah there's so uh, many and that's awesome. what makes it fun absolutely absolutely well paul this has been this has been tremendous i am so glad that i finally got to hear your rendition of the story it's very similar to what i had heard before but it's still <laughs> Like I've heard the story like seven hundred times. It's it's not. It shouldn't be funny to me still, but it's still funny to hear because oh. the way you say it, just like matter of factly, 
he, by the way, if you were listening, re-listen to the episode because he goes from I'm at the bar to I'm in the back room in the span of about five seconds. Not even a hint of this is kind of intriguing or interesting. <laughs> no, it's just like, yes, ma'am. Yep. <laughs> I love it. All right, Paul, thanks so much for joining us here. You're quite welcome. You have a good one. All right, well, it's time to answer some listener emails, and you might have noticed last week I didn't do any emails, and you know what, guys? You know, with the with the, with the the change in the format here of the podcast because of the current situation, at first I thought to myself, is it worth it to answer questions about drink packages and what to do in Nassau? Like, that kind of seemed like, for the same reason I changed the format of the podcast to Cruise Stories, it kind of seemed um, not really, I don't want to say appropriate, I don't know what it was, it just seemed not the way to do it, but... Uh, one of our podcast listeners, Andrew Ford, reached out to me and asked if he had, if I had intentionally or intentionally skipped over those particular questions. And I said, no, I skipped them intentionally. But you know what, guys? There have been some questions that have been coming in. So my plan is going forward here to answer some questions that essentially have been sent in since the beginning of this whole crisis because these questions will be helpful to be answered at this point. And not to worry if you send in questions before that that are about shore excursions in Cozumel or dining packages, we'll get to those as well. You know, those aren't going anywhere and the information will still be relevant when cruises return. So, you know, I want to do good by you guys. I want to make sure I am delivering the kind of information you're looking for here on the podcast. So that's what I'm here for. And uh, we're going to start with an email actually from uh, Liz Glissman, a.k.a. Baked Alaska. All right, time at Royal Caribbean announced in March that is repositioned Quantum of the Seas to Alaska for the summer 2021 season. Within 24 hours of the announcement, we changed our sailing from Serenade out of Vancouver to Quantum out of Seattle. We're so excited. Royal Caribbean's website says, designed with our Chinese guests in mind, Quantum of the Seas is, fully, is a fully immersive ship, end quote. Have you heard anything regarding the ship's design? Will they keep a design with their Chinese guests in mind? Or will they change the flavor of the ship to reflect the taste of the Western culture? Thank you for keeping our world positive and happy. Liz, thanks for the email. And the answer to your question is almost certainly yes, they're going to change it. Um, we saw this with Ovation of the Seas. When Ovation came over from Asia, they changed over, uh, I forget what the name of the restaurant used to be, but it was Fish and Ships is now uh, on there. And uh, I fully expect them to de-Asiafy the ship. Quantum was obviously not designed for Asia in mind. It was, it came over to the United States. I did a couple cruises on her. In fact, if you dig, and I really only mean dig, through these podcast archives, you'll find some episodes about Quantum of the Seas. And um, when she went over to Asia, they changed over some, some facilities. Primarily what that really means is the public areas get converted over to more, provide more space for casino gaming. Uh, casinos and, and gambling in general are very big in, in the Asian market. And you'll have that. You'll have restaurants being changed over as well. Anyway, I think you're going to get some change over. It's not going to be necessarily a royal amplification, but it's going to be certain venues being, again, reverted or changed or somehow altered from what they are currently, whether they have to go back to what they were back when Quantum was in North America or something different. That remains to be seen. But Liz, if I had to guess, I would say that would be the my, my expectation, quite frankly. So let's start with that. Our next email is from Ashley, right? Hi, Matt. I've read on the Disney Cruise Line page that one of the changes they're going to make after sailings resume is discontinuing self-service at buffets. Do you think this is something they'll do with Royal Caribbean? One of my biggest pleasures in life is cruise buffets. I wonder if not being able to serve myself will be as satisfying. Also, as a first-timer on Royal Caribbean in May, or whenever we reschedule if we get canceled, I wanted to ask, can we? Can you eat at one of the specialty restaurants without being on a dining package? I understand reservations are necessary, but I didn't know if I could just basically eat in the dining room, but maybe get another meal at one of the specialties if we're craving sushi or something else. Thanks. 
I'll start with your second question, and yes, you can. If you don't have a dining package, you can just simply show up to the restaurant. You can make a reservation in advance. You can book it online via Rokerman's Cruise Planner. Or, Ashley, as you say, you can simply say, hey, you know what I feel like? I feel like sushi tonight and walk up to the restaurant and see if you can grab a table. There's no issues there. They'll just charge you, well, sushi, you get charged, uh, cover charge, or not a cover charge, a la carte, but you'll be paying the prevailing rate. The reason to buy a dining package is it will save you money, but of course, Ashley, as you may or may not know, you'll have to really be dining at a couple different restaurants for a dining package to make sense. But for you, if you're just saying, hey, maybe, maybe not, we'll want to go to one of the specialty restaurants, absolutely, you can go there. So the other question is about the discontinuing the self-service of buffets. And I would say at this point, and of course, at the recording of this podcast, every option is on the table, if, if you ask me. I think that is it a possibility Royal Caribbean's Win Jamer could go from self-service to someone giving you food? Yeah. And by the way, there'll still be a buffet. The difference is instead of you grabbing the tongs and picking up three burgers, the there'll be someone over there who will pick up the tongs for you, pick up the burgers for you, and then deliver it to you, put it on a plate and give it to you or something to that effect. So essentially, you're not... You are not the one touching it. You're not the one serving it. And I think what they're more worried about is people who just grab the food, you know, maybe like, you know, whether or not they feel something or inadvertently touch something else, you know, basically making contact with the food that others will eat later on. We've seen this in the past on Royal Caribbean ships that have a really bad norovirus outbreak. This has been something they have done. So it's not unheard of, but obviously if they were to make this the policy, um, it's obviously the, the downside is it will take longer to get your food because you're not, it's not self-service. You're going to be reliant on crew members and getting somebody to serve you. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially in the short term. If there's concern, if it's going to put people's minds at ease and certainly if it's going to keep people safe, I think it makes a whole lot of sense. What the long-term picture looks like, like 10 years from now, three years from now, uh, that's a great question. But to answer your question as directly as I can, I wouldn't be shocked at all to hear of Royal taking steps like discontinuing the self-service of buffets. Heck, I could see some other things happening as well because, uh, I, yeah, I kind of feel like there's a lot of um, different possibilities out there, and I think they're going to be looking at every single way they can do to mitigate the any spread of any disease on board, period. They, I mean, they're, they're really going to be under the gun. When they resume cruises, you know, really until a vaccine is public and coronavirus becomes the kind of topic that, you know, we almost, we barely ever talk about anymore, it's going to be on people's minds. And Royal is going to have to do certain things, take certain steps, implement certain policies in order for that to become now the running situation. And our last email today is from Dan Smith, who writes, Thanks for keeping us informed through this difficult time. I have cruised twice, both on Explorer of the Seas, with my last one being in 2013. I was very much looking forward to selling an Oasis of the Seas in July, as it would be my first time on an Oasis-class ship. I listened to your last podcast and deciding whether or not to cancel the cruise. It was a difficult decision, and I thought about it for quite a while. Ultimately, I decided to cancel the cruise and get the credit from the deposit. I understand your point of view in letting Royal Caribbean cancel the cruise themselves and then getting 125% future cruise credit, but... My concern is this, eventually we'll start cruising again and someone's sailing is going to have to be the guinea pig sailing. In that, Royal Caribbean cannot be 100% sure that there won't be a quarantine or some other outcome from COVID-19 aboard the ship when they first start sailing again. I'm just not willing to take the chance on a guinea pig cruise and would rather see how things play out this summer than take a future sailing. While I feel bad for people whose sailings were canceled through May 11th, the people I really feel bad for are the ones who were sailing immediately after Royal Caribbean resumed sailings because there's still so much unknown. Hope this helps and gives people a different perspective. Dan, great email, really appreciate it. And you know what? I don't think you're I don't think you're wrong by any means. I think that 
the, the there's a lot of different uh, considerations out there. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where I feel like people um, have differing opinions on it. I actually posed this exact question on Facebook and I posted the results on royalgreenblog.com and we got a lot of people responding back. I asked people, here's the question I posted. I said, would you feel comfortable going on a Royal Green cruise right away once they resume sailings? And the answers, the options were yes, no, or maybe. And in the poll, the results of the poll, we had, so there were 2,100 results in about 24 hours. And um, an overwhelming 1,300 of them, so 1,300 out of 2,100 responded yes. Uh, another 604 said no, and 220 said maybe. And look, I mean, yes, the majority said yes, but there was obviously, as you can tell from there, there were still some people who had second thoughts like yourself. And I think that there are some people who are absolutely wanting to get on board as soon as possible and others who want to wait and see it out. And I don't think that either is a, is the wrong scenario. So I think you're in good company by any means. And I think there's some logic to what you're saying right there. Um, you know, it, it's going to be when they resume sailings, it's going to be a very interesting few weeks and months. I mean, it's going to be, they're going to be under the microscope. I mean, again, short of if they don't wait for a vaccine and then wait for everybody to vaccinate, you know what I mean? Like there's going, they're going to be under a microscope, whether it's deserved or not. I mean, already we're seeing this um, with the CDC. They released that, you know, 100 days, no cruise clause, which I think unfairly targets the cruise industry because let's face it, of all the cases of coronavirus, here in the United States, we'll take that as an example, how many came from cruise ships versus how many came from anywhere else. And anywhere else is by far a vast, 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 vast majority of the people. I mean, you know, the CDC isn't saying they should have no Mardi Gras next year or no spring break next year or nobody visiting the Statue of Liberty next year. But that's, by the way, that's where most of the case, a lot of the, not most, a lot of cases came from, certainly more than cruise ships, but cruise ships get the, the, the bum rap. They're an easy target. And, um, it is what it is, I suppose. But the bottom line is when we're talking about this, um, you know, go, getting back to the email here, I, again, not a wrong response. The, I appreciate the feedback there. And if you want to wait it out a little bit, I certainly wouldn't fault you one bit. So thanks for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Korean Blog Podcast. This has been Matt, and we'll talk again real soon.